Hi, I'm Diane Earnshaw, founder of Vox Pops International, and I'd like to introduce you to our podcast series, Expert Voices. During this season, I'll be chatting to research professionals and leaders in their field about how they use and how they integrate insights, video and strategy in order to get great cut through in their companies. In this episode, we're catching up with Nick Wales, former insight leader at Avon. So, hi, Nick. Um, welcome to the podcast, and um, it's nice to talk to you. Hello. So, welcome today. Um, just first of all, do you want to just give me give us a brief introduction about yourself and how you got into Insight, and you know where did you start that your kind of journey in the industry? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I've been in Consumer Insight for oh, quite a few quite a few years now. Um, uh, most recently, as I say, with with Avon. Uh, prior to that, I worked for a number of different companies. I worked for um, Boots, uh, Thomas Cook, uh, local newspaper, and back in the early days, Home Pride Foods and Milk Marketing Board as well, back in the food. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I very much started. I did a maths degree, um, so went into a kind of analyst role, but very quickly that kind of merged into a consumer insights role and, uh, and, and loved it ever since. So what would you say research was like in those days versus today? <laughs> well, okay. Um, I mean, some things, I guess, still remain the same. Um, so you still had focus groups. Uh, you still had quant surveys. I guess it was just more effort, wasn't it, to, to, mm. to, do, the, to do the surveys, to do the surveys and the focus groups then. Um, so nowadays things are a lot quicker and you can do things um, quite a lot in-house in terms of companies you know certainly we'd never done anything in-house in in my in my early career and with now it's relatively easy to do that um for kind of small small research projects um and again the analysis as well would take uh, would take a lot longer um because it would all be a lot more a lot more manual and you'd have to uh, request tables and plows yeah, tables in order to analyze the, the, the results. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely a lot better now. Technology is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Do you remember the um, filling in of paper questionnaires and that yes, type of thing? That is true. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you forget all that, don't you? And uh, the time it took to, uh, to get results back as well. Things are a lot quicker now. That's, that's for sure. So if things been quicker, is the sort of speed, do you think that's come from a, a, the management as well? And, and are you expected to turn things around much, much faster and deliver quicker? Yeah, that's, that's undoubtedly true, isn't it? I guess it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? You know, the fact that you are allowed to, you are able to turn things around a lot quicker um, means that then, you know, you can offer that. And, uh, but there's no doubt about it. I think decisions are made a lot quicker these days um by um but by marketing and 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 wider teams um and there's that kind of expectation as well i guess that, that things are going to be made quicker and therefore you know the whole point of insights is to influence decisions and so in order to influence those decisions you have to have the results back back sooner um otherwise it's no good you know having a brilliant research project but the results come late too late to uh to make any difference to to, to the action that's that's taken and how do you find has been sort of how do you deliver? What do you think, in your opinion, is the best way or a good way to deliver insights, especially sort of given modern days and you know time poor, time poor people and that sort of thing? 
I think there's a variety of ways really of delivering insight. So, um, you know, I think uh, there's there's often still a a need for a kind of presentation at the end of end of the research, and um, you know, you do have to be more engaging and quite tight with that presentation. You know, I'm particularly because I haven't I haven't worked in the office for you know over two years now. Um, and Avon is a very international company, so there's um, people from, you know, Poland, Brazil, South Africa, um, all of Latin America. So you know, the, the people aren't there to be in the office. Um, now, one of the um, one of the drawbacks of that is that people often multitask when they're attending presentations, so you don't have that whole undivided attention, um, and uh, therefore, you know, the the, the presentation needs to be very succinct. I think that's always the case. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, ideally, you know, under an hour, I would say, um, regardless of the kind of size of presentation is is ideal. Um, so, but that's, I guess, is one part of delivering it. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, I was going to say, most of these presentations you're talking about now, are they all online? Yes, so yeah, yes, yes, they're all online. Yeah, much as we are today. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, the other one, I think, is the kind of growth of the workshop, and I do like a workshop at the end of the um, end of the project. Um, and again, that works very well online. You know, there were a lot of um, uh, concerns, I guess, as where that would work when we first uh, when we first started doing it. But actually, it works very well, and and in some respects, it's easy to get everybody engaged in the workshop when you do it online, because then you can split into smaller groups very simply, and it makes the whole process a lot quicker. Um, so yeah, so I do like I do like workshops to kind of work through what the um, what the actions are going to be, and um, and and really I guess it also makes people engage as well in that in that research too. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, the other one I say is just that um, you know I think a lot of research is not about you know answering a particular question. I think a lot of it is just helping the business better understand consumers. Um, and therefore, looking to make decisions on a completely different subject. You know, we've got this research on this that can help uh, onboarding new people into the business uh, and bringing, you know, really, it's a cliche, isn't it? But bringing to life the, the consumer for them. And I, and I do like those. So um, kind of bringing everybody close to consumers in a variety of different ways. I think that works really well because it just helps them people better understand consumers and, and make better decisions on the, on a ongoing basis so how do you do the consumer your consumer connect kind of sessions at the moment so there, a lot of it is pulling together um research we've already done and then it is also helping to bring consumers to life and i mean videos you know vox pops of videos really of consumers really do make a difference um uh so it, particularly in an international company um, where you know a lot of people traditionally in Avon were based in the UK, although not so much these days, um, and 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 just being able to see both consumers, what they're wearing, obviously how they're made up, um, and their homes as well, which is another great great way of just just bringing to life really consumers makes a big difference. So with the video, um, when when was the first time? Can you remember the first time you ever used video on Insight? So the first time I used video would have been clips from uh, focus groups. Uh, so, you know, you would actually try and take a clip from the focus group, but the quality of that was often not very good. 
And so then what we started doing was uh, taking a video, almost kind of interviewing consumers after the focus group to say, oh, you know, you said this, can you repeat that? And yeah. the same question again. Boots would be the first first time when we when we used uh, when we use video, and as I say initially that'd be using uh, clips from focus groups. So, what other videos do you have you seen since the sort of since those early days? What kind of videos have you personally been sort of aware of, or how uh, so, been used? Yeah, sure. So, so I like um, the kind of better understanding consumer type videos. Um, so that's more people talking about, you know, who they are, their lifestyle, showing a bit about the house, which I think is really good. Um, and obviously for beauty, uh, looking at their um, beauty products. So perhaps going into their bathroom or bedroom and seeing the kind of array of beauty products and then talking through those beauty products. I think that works really well because um, it helps the respondent as well. Um, rather than have to remember everything, you know, it's a prompt there really of, of things they've used, and they often kind of say, "Oh, I never knew, have forgotten I had that. I don't know why I bought that." You say, "Oh, great, that's our product," you know. Um, so that's definitely one example. Um, the other example would be um, around um, bringing to life findings. Mm -hmm. So one example, we did some research on sustainability when I was at Avon. And um, we were looking at prototypes of sustainable packaging. And um, one of the, um, uh, so, so this is more sustainable packagings and they're also looking at refills as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you can have, you know, you can report back to the R&D team who obviously developed the packaging, you know, whether it worked or whether it didn't. But then just including little clips in there of the, the um, consumer actually trying to open the packaging and having problems with that or trying to refill the packaging and like the refill was a very um, uh, kind of uh, flexible, low plastic refill. Uh, but, you know, the result of that was it kept collapsing in the hand and uh, shower gel went all over the place. Uh, so that, you know, that kind of really helps bring it to life and, and, and also gives the R&D team a very clear idea of what they need to do to improve that packaging before it launches. Um, I've also used it for ideation. I think it's great for ideation, actually. Um, so again, you know, at Avon, we have a lot of uh, new products coming out and therefore you have start off with that ideation session. Um, and just, uh, again, kind of bringing to get, bringing to life consumers what they're currently using, what they're going to be using is, is a great input for, uh, for, for people in an ideation session, you know, works so much better than, than PowerPoint slides. Um, and also, um, you know, you can actually ask consumers that are always obviously very good, but if you can get more creative consumers, uh, they often come up with some quite good ideas themselves that might not be an end product in its own right, but it has a, has the nugget of a good product there that the team can then develop and build on. And did you find that, um, have you found that sort of your um, stakeholders engage more as well when they're actually seeing people trying to yeah. use that, using things? Yes. Yes, they, they absolutely do. And uh, yeah, I mean, all stakeholders as well, actually. You might expect um, uh, creative teams to react very well to videos yeah. of consumers. 
but actually R&D teams as well. You know, yes, you have the numbers there, but just bringing to life is so that uh, the, 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 the results of it works really well. And I've also used it. So when I was at Avon, I did a couple of cross-company sessions um, where we have everybody, you know, within within the company um, had these getting to know uh, Avon customers and Avon representatives. And again, video just breaks up um, a, a lot of PowerPoint slides and, and makes it a lot more engaging. Mm. Um, and similarly with the exec as well. So again, you know, they, they see lots of PowerPoint slides, exec. So again, make it more engaging by bringing seamless works really well. That's really good that you've been so involved. Because I know that when we I first met you, you were one of the more kind of people at the beginning of the whole video stage who was interested in videos and all the rest of it. And obviously, since then, it's it's become much, much more mainstream. When I first started, I don't even remember, but I'd go along to people and they'd go, well, is this genuine research? Or can you count this as research? It's not research. Can people film themselves? And so, oh, oh my goodness, you know. Yeah. Now, obviously, with technology and everything it's so different it's just completely different do you see video being part of research like for good now that's that it's intrinsically you know absolutely yeah no yeah definitely and as you say it's a really good point you make about uh how much easier it is for consumers to to film film themselves and get good quality um so i'm dealing with i was dealing with people in different uh, different countries every day um, so fortunately everybody speaks, everybody speaks English. It's kind of the language of Avon. Um, and you know, in, in some respects, it's no different really presenting a virtual presentation to just UK audiences as it is to, to international audiences. So, um, yeah, not a problem at all, really. One of the things you were talking about working internationally was kind of like getting together with, you know, sort of like Zoom conferences and that sort of thing. How did you find it delivering insights from two com like different, completely different countries? You know, how did how did you get them to understand each other? Or, you know, what was your experience of working with, with sort of across the board, across different countries? Um, and you know, in, in some respects, it's no different really presenting a virtual presentation to just UK audiences as it is to, to international audiences. So, um, yeah, not a problem at all, really. That's good. And so also on this sort of back to the subject of video, um, because I'm interested in this obviously because of where we sit in the market, but what's your. What do you guys look for in terms of a um, video agency? Um, is it kind of, because when I first started, I obviously came from a research background, but is it, do you look for agencies who have research backgrounds or has it moved into a situation where actually in the same way as if you were using a, I don't know, a software company that it doesn't necessarily matter about the, the research experience. It's more about the technology and the, and the kind of the output and the video expertise. Well, I'd say it was horses for courses, but actually I'd say the the video technology is quite um, universal now. So I think it's hard for a company to have a a, a leading edge, if you like, on uh, due to its technology. 
so from that point of view, it's very much the the research expertise, I think. Um, but again, it kind of differs depending on whether you're using a full service agency or whether you are uh, wanting something more um, do it yourself. Um, but certainly for full service agencies, yes, be looking for that for that research expertise um, to uh, um, ask the right questions and interpret the responses in the right way. And you know, I think video really helps with that as well because it it's such a rich form of um, feedback uh, compared to written answers, for example. And obviously, you know, one of the big things that's happened for, in the video world has been able to add video into um, quant studies, you know, and, and have it all sort of online. I mean, that's been a, you know, a massive kind of um, innovation in the last, I don't know how many years now, probably about 10, 8, 7, 7, something like that. Um, so that's all quite interesting. I mean, do you have any views on where you think video will go in the future? Uh, I guess um, one way it will go would be the interpretation of it will get, will get better. So... You know, I know uh, there are some things out there at the moment where I can tell people are kind of happy or sad or delighted with the, you know, with a particular product. Um, but from what I've seen, I don't think they're particularly good at the moment. But sure, I'm sure that's going to improve in future. So I think it will get a lot more automated, I guess, in terms of where we're going future with with video. Uh, but you know, like focus groups are still around. I'm sure you know. The traditional way of you know having video just to bring other results to to, to life will, will still be very valid, uh, and you know it is you know from a from a from somebody that works in in insight it's not just who you're working with that works well but it also works very well for me you know I far prefer somebody talking about being able to see you know somebody talking about a particular uh, product or new idea because um, it just has such a richness of, of feedback compared to just their, their written responses. So generally, what's your view on the insight industry in kind of going forward in the next 10 years? Um, because again, I know one of the big topics a few years ago is very much about, or it's always been there actually, you know, is insight valued enough or, you know, management consultants spent, then, you know, cost an absolute fortune, whereas their insight team's don't get paid anywhere near the same sort of amount, but actually they're potentially producing, you know, information and insights which are just as valuable, if not more. So do you think um, the role of insight has, has, has been elevated in the last sort of five, six years? And do you think it will become more so in the future? I think it's very different depending on the company. So I think there are definitely some companies where insight has been elevated. Um, there are other companies where insight has always been elevated, you know, has been there for, you know, there for a long time. I'm sure that will remain so. From an insights point of view, I would see the threat, if you like it, but I think it's also an opportunity is around data analy analytics mm -hmm. and the kind of merging of um, insights, what traditional market research into insights and data analytics into one will, will is definitely the future. And, and even from a you know from a uh, a client side, insight point of view, there are a lot more sources of insight now than ever used to be. I mean, social media is a brilliant source of insight, mm -hmm. um, and we should be you know really should be making more of that than we do. Um, 
because it's just out already ready to be tapped. You, know, you don't have to pay an agency to find it for you. It's just there already. Yeah. So I think that would definitely, definitely grow. I think um, the whole area of behavioral economics as well, which has you know, been around for quite a long time, but I think we're still grappling with how what it means um, as an industry and, you know, really wholeheartedly embracing it, I guess, in terms of what it means. And ultimately, you know, consumers aren't very good at telling you why they made a particular decision, um, which is pretty core to a lot of the research that we do. Uh, so I think that will change. And again, I think that's where the kind of data analytics comes into it. So there'll be a lot more testing um, different ideas, you know, rather than necessarily asking people to explain why they prefer A over B, just mm-hmm. test them and get the results. So, so I think it'd be, um, yeah. I think the other challenge as well is just getting getting quality sample. And I think we might move to smaller samples, but better quality samples rather than the big surveys of people. You don't really know who they are and why they're doing that research. I'm a big fan of uh, customer panels because I think your own customers can tell you a huge about a huge amount about mm. um your mm. your products your brands etc so yeah i think it's very, it's very exciting i think there's a lot of opportunity yeah. there i think what you're saying about social media as well is really good because if you link that to things like consumer panels and it's you you know you're managing to i don't know look at your consumers tiktok channels or you know things like that especially if you're obviously in things like beauty industry and you know, everybody loves to show, well, I don't, I don't but lots of people love to, you know, show what they're putting on and, that, you know, how they put on their makeup or, you know, yeah. sharing their thoughts on a particular, you know, shampoo or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Yeah. And you can get both levels. Can't you? Kind of TikTok is more the, the ideal, I guess, of how it should be done. Mm. And then other social media can tell you what they really think. I, I mean, Mumsnet is a great is a great source. Actually, I've often go on Mumsnet and people telling you about what's working and what doesn't work and how do I do this and how do I do that. Yeah, fantastic. Nick, thank you very much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate your time, and it's great to catch up and have a chat about video and all things insight. And uh, look forward to speaking to you soon. And oh, and, really- and watch out for the podcast. <laughs> I will do. They really lovely speech again, Diane. Hope, yeah. uh, hope something of what I said is 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 worth podcasting. <laughs> oh, thanks ever so much, Nick. Thanks. Thank you.